Welcome once again to Jimmy Pat's Glasgow West End chat. Everything about Glasgow's West End and further afield. My name's Jim Byrne and the pat in the title is Pat Byrne. And this is episode 67. In episode 67, Pat chats with Carol Geary. Carl Geary is an Irish-born actor and writer, now living in Glasgow after having spent many years in New York. His debut novel, Mount Pellier Parade, was selected as the book of the year in the Irish Times and The Times, and it was shortlisted for the Costa First Novel Award in 2017. It was described by The Guardian as an auspicious debut. So we'll hear all about that and many more things during the interview. Just one thing I mentioned before we before we listen to Pat and Carl chat is that you may or may not have noticed that we haven't had our weekly chat, myself and Pat, and that's just down to some family issues that are going on that's taken up quite a lot of time. It's not that we haven't decided to do it, we will be back as soon as we can. Okay, let's have a wee listen to Pat chatting to Carol Geary. So, Carl Geary has come to see me today. So, I first came across you, Carol, at iWrite 2017. That's right. Thanks, Pat. Thanks for having me over. Appreciate it, Chad. So, I came along um, when I write, I love iWrite. So, I tried to go to, to quite a few events, and um, it was your book, Montpellier Place, uh, Parade, that um, sounded so different. And I love that book. Thanks very much. Appreciate you saying that. That's lovely. Uh-huh. And, well, I'm not the only one that appreciates it because it, it won quite a few awards, didn't it? It did, yeah, no, it got a great... Um, the response was... Because you don't know. You spend a lot of time trying to, to put something together and you've really... You, you do it in a vacuum in some ways and it's not until it meets a reader that a book comes to life in any way, if it's going to come to life at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I was, I was really, really chuffed with the, the response. So was it, was it very the, good. Um, it was kind of chosen as the book of the year? Well, it was, it was, it was nominated for the Costa Book of the Year and for, um, in Ireland for uh, the Book of the Year over there as well and, and some other uh, awards as mm-hmm. well. Um, it didn't win, but it was, it was in running with very good won. company. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was fantastic. It was. It was a great response. Was, that, that's yeah. your first? It's my first novel I've published. I'd actually I'd written a novel in my 20s, in my early 20s, um, that was was great insofar as it got a lot of the stuff you'd never want published out of my system. So it allowed me to kind of serve that as sort of an apprentice and then to kind of continue on from there and try and, and do something that was more, more professional. Well, that's a good maybe. approach. Yeah, I think, you know, people learn in different ways. And I think for me, the the just to sit with the work um, and, and do the work is the way the... Um, whatever mechanism that you know sharpens your voice um it can only happen for me at least um by by the act of doing it mm-hmm. um and and so what i try and do is no matter what's going on i try and write 
for the most part about three to five hours most days. That's great. Um, that, that's very disciplined. <laughs> most days. <laughs> you know, it doesn't well, happen that is fantastic. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Look, no, I, I think that it, it's it's like a very accom- very accomplished book. I'm looking over at it here. I just read it again because um, I thought that I was going to see you. I thought I'm going to have another read of this. I hardly ever read a book again. Um, I you know I kind of read them, and that's uh, quite often I, I give them pass pass them on. Yeah. But. Um, it's, I love the characters in the book. I love Sunny and Vera. They're, they're, um, they're, they're so complex. You know, it's, such a, a, it's a very complex book, but it's not a hard read. No, it, I, I, I wanted it to be as simple a story. It's funny, I was thinking about this recently, you know, when, when we talk about stories. It really breaks into what something is about and what happens. They're not necessarily the same thing. And what I wanted with that was that what happens is actually very simple. And I wanted what it what it was at its core, what it was about to be as complex as somebody wants to pick up and or not. And, and it mm-hmm. would be okay to read it on whatever level mm-hmm. you would read it at. But Mombelia Parade is just a very simple story about a, a young working class kid in Dublin and the 80s um, and he's he's at the start of his first kind of you know stepping out into manhood I suppose and into the world and he's starting to realise his place in the world mm-hmm. and that in some ways society has already preordained a certain life for him mm-hmm. um, and he's dissatisfied and I don't even know if he knows what it is that Mm -hmm. he's dissatisfied Mm -hmm. by but even in in a small way like I think in the second chapter he throws a spanner at a wall and it doesn't make a sound Mm -hmm. and it's almost like this image of of how he's realizing he's no impact on his physical world Mm -hmm. in in Mm -hmm. any real Mm -hmm. way and and he comes across an older woman who's really other in the novel, she's mm-hmm. they're separated by class, by age, by nationality, um, economics, cultural experience, um, and this very unlikely friendship and love affair starts to emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it's funny when you when you I, I mean, I wrote this book quite a while ago now, or what feels like a while ago, and I was scrambling through notes, and I was aware we were going to talk, and I was kind of thinking, what was the book, and what was it about, and trying to remember. <laughs> Um, and, and it occurred to me that now it's it's almost a question of segregation. Um, it is the separation between these two people is huge, do you know? And so in that way, it talks to class in some ways. Um, and the book is very much based in class. Um, and I think it it's particular maybe not just to Ireland, but in certain countries where in Ireland, I, I lived a number of years in America and, and, and you realise very quickly that the world, you know, America is very divided in terms of not necessarily class or they don't see it in that way. They, they see it as in terms of race and in terms of other economic development and underdeveloped places and people. But in Dublin, certainly in the 80s, 
you know, there was an inherited class structure that mm-hmm. was very mm-hmm. much in place. Mm-hmm. People didn't cross over. There was, there was mm-hmm. a ceiling for people, um, which I think probably yeah. still exists mm-hmm. to a greater or lesser mm-hmm. degree. So small things take on this great kind of um, meaning, um, you know, before he has any real communication with Vera, he's working at her house as a builder with his dad and he goes into her house. Now, for a working class kid from his part of the world to walk into a woman like that, to walk into her home, is really quite substantial, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. It had a colossal impact. It, it, yeah, it had a huge. He's never been. He's never seen a painting that wasn't a picture of a painting. But she has mm-hmm. paintings. Mm-hmm. She has books. Mm-hmm. There's no TV, mm-hmm. and 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 there's something starts to happen in him where he recognizes or he starts to feel some desire for mm-hmm. to know what this is. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's not readily available. And their, their relationship really changes. Um, he, I should say, really, the, these two characters are bookends in some ways. Insofar as Sonny's mm-hmm. starting out in the world and he's looking forward. I think she says that at some point. She does, she mm-hmm. does. Um, and she's always looking over her shoulder. Everything that happens for her is in memory. She doesn't mm-hmm. look forward. Mm-hmm. And she's decided that she's done. She's, mm-hmm. she's stalled out. She doesn't want to go any further. Um, and the relationship really starts from the place where Sonny witnesses her suicide or an attempted suicide. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's almost intimate between them. Mm-hmm. And he gets sort of swallowed into her secret. Mm-hmm. And the relationship starts from then. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, a, it's a very endearing character but it's not smartly in any way no I hope um, not not and not in the slightest but it's thoughtful it's it's, a, it's quite a deep thinker and um it's the whole the whole book I felt had quite a light touch hmm. quite a light touch for a lot of sort of very complex issues and complex characters I mean nobody even the sort of back um lesser characters yeah. none of them are like um two-dimensional or anything you can really it's great imagery oh, and then, yeah. then the butchers and like the blood and his con- all his wee concerns like um about his hands not being clean and all these sorts of things i i i really you're concentrating the whole i i read it all in one night the second Did time you really? yeah i was wow. up all night i was exhausted the next day <laughs> i'm delighted and i, <laughs> I can, apologize although um, I, i've got to say i'm a terrible sleeper so that's what, <laughs> but, but I, I don't usually um i don't usually go that mad but um y- you know you're you're easily everything you're taking everything everything in is 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 a very i think it was a very very well written um book and and it's got a lot of unusual things i mean even using the you talk about you yeah using the second person that's right what, what, yeah. what made you decide to do that i was so reluctant so, so the book is written in second person normally you'd have first person i or, or, mm-hmm. or third person kind of omnipresent they mm-hmm. um and that's the traditional way to write a book and it's a very good way to write a book and the difficulty with the second person is you 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 so you as the reader feels implicated in some way in, in 
in, in the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be very frustrating because you're like, well, you, you, you. And it's like, well, I didn't. And you want to throw the book out the window. <laughs> um, but what I wanted and I, I tried everything else and I kept coming back to this because what I realized was that Sonny was a character or a, a, a protagonist who hasn't come to terms with his own story and that the novel is him trying to understand mm-hmm. it for himself. Mm-hmm. So the you becomes almost an accusation, but the fingers pointed back at the character. Mm-hmm. And there was something else I really wanted, which was that I wanted to feel like at times an intimacy with Sonny that would at times feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for some reason that worked better with the with mm-hmm. the with, with, with well, the book. certainly works. You're kind of taken aback at first. Yeah, no, it, 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 it is a moment to adjust. Certainly, just because yeah. you say it's not a, an approach that, that's the most common approach. No, so no. you're a wee bit taken aback at first, but then um, you, you just go with it. Yeah, it, it, it just goes. But there's also something in the Irish vernacular where when people tell a story they'll very often go into second person. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't believe your man's your down man, the shop and uh-huh, you have exactly. all of that. And so there's just something very natural about <laughs> it in some ways uh, in telling a story yeah, in that way. Yeah. And it does feel I like somebody's kind that. of bringing you in mm-hmm. on a story, mm-hmm. but it's not you, the reader, it's you, the character. So there's a little yeah, bit of an adjustment with that. I, yeah. have, I mean, the, the, the vernacular in it's very, very well used. I mean, so... Yeah, obviously you're a Dubliner, and yeah. you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Ireland. My, my mother's family were originally from Donegal, okay. So I've spent long, long months and months in a year there yeah, at times. Yeah, it's beautiful up there. And um, uh, we're in touch all the time. I go a lot, and for us to go from what you're talking about the different cultures, for us to go from Scotland to Ireland, yeah. It's a totally different culture. Interesting. And it's a totally different um, way of behaving. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. And th- there's a lot of value on the kind of crack. Mm-hmm, there's a mm-hmm. lot of crack, even with the, the scenes with Sharon. Yeah, There's yeah. so much crack. Yeah. And her, um, the way she is, and you can imagine, you know, like she elbows him and pushes That's him. That's right, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, quite yeah, yeah, adolescent. yeah. Yeah. But um, it's... You know, there's something of affection. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's an adoration between them. And I yeah. could just see, I could just see all all these things. Look, with um, not now they're all grown up, but mm-hmm. with, them, with my young cousins, yeah. the way the things would, would very much be, yeah. which is quite different in a way from 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 Scotland. I mean, there's some obviously some adolescent things that are universal, but I think um, the book is is very Irish. Yeah, it's very you're very much there in that 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 community. Yeah, I always like going back. It's funny because I haven't lived in Ireland since I was sixteen. I mean, it's a long time, and 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 for some reason, it's where I always go to when I when I when I start to work. And I think the vernacular is is a huge part of that. There's an ability in Ireland, and maybe in other places too, but we're because we're talking about Ireland, um, to speak about something without ever mentioning it. <laughs> and and so the, the, the object of the work then is to be, 
it becomes the, the onus is on what's not being said. Right. So you have to go uh-huh. through everything mm-hmm. that's not mm-hmm. being said in, all, in order to find mm-hmm. the problem. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. never spoken. And so you're using language to describe something that's not being said. Mm-hmm. And it's done in terms of the rhythm of the language. Mm-hmm. So there's a banter, there's a bum ba bum ba bum and a bum ba bum ba bum and it keeps going mm-hmm. and then there's a pause. Right. And all mm-hmm. the answers are in that pause yeah. based on how long mm-hmm. it goes for how unsettling it can be and things like mm-hmm. that. And it's, it's, it's really very sophisticated. It actually, uh-huh. it's a uh-huh. beautiful nuance to uh-huh. it, uh-huh. Um, and but it, it really, it, you know, if you can, if you can catch, uh-huh. tune your ear to to, to that there's, there's communication. There's a cadence in the in in the book, both in the the dialogue and the the, the narrative. I mean, I. Um, my Kindle's broken, which yeah. is probably a good thing. It <laughs> yeah. won't swipe because um, what I do when I'm reading, and I've done it quite a few times, I'll like certain bits. Yeah, so I turn the page in. Oh, very good. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I, I turn the page in and then I kind of go back to it. Yeah. Because, yeah. And sometimes I don't know why I like it. Yeah. But quite often I think it is that what you're saying is this, this, this sort of um, rhythm, this sort of cadence of the language yeah. and, um, you know, just something that, that captures you. Yeah, it? yeah. So no, I do the same thing. I, I, I've endlessly, un- nobody can read my books because I've underlined so much. And, and, and the same as that, I'll go back and I'm like, I've no idea what that is, but this is gorgeous, you know, yeah. whatever it might have been, know, out of context. Uh, it's yeah, holds. because I, I don't read very many um, crime novels mm. or anything, but I did read one. We, we decided to go to bloody Scotland this year. We'd never been. <laughs> and I got a couple of books. I wanted to go in Irvin... Welsh yes. was there, yeah. and I wanted to see him, and also sure. um, Lee's um, Welsh and Zoe Strachan had been doing stuff on yeah. Muriel Spark. Oh, brilliant! So, yeah. um, and that um, they they were there, so yeah. so we went through, and then I bought the book that was the sort of winner mm-hmm. um, of the McIlvenny Prize, yeah. and that was Liam McIlvenny. Okay, and um, I, I was surprised in reading. His that the book was called the Quaker yeah. because some of the language is fabulous. I bet, yeah, yeah, and sure. I hadn't expected that. Yeah, and I think it, it kind of almost doesn't matter the genre. Well, that's um, right. It, it transcends the genre. It, it, yeah, it trans- yeah. I, th- I think it trans- transcends it. Yeah, and um, I think I, I, it's, your book is a very unexpected book. It's, it really is. It's, it's very unusual. I don't know. Did you have a plot or did it kind of develop as you went along? Do you know what happened? It came from the most innocent thing. I was in up the road here. I was in um, Kelvin Grove Art Museum. Uh, mm-hmm. It's Kelvin Grove Galleries. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in it. I've been in it so many times, but I was in and I don't know. I must have taken a left or a right, but I came across this quite small, kind of almost felt like I was in the, in the broom closet, you know, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it was a Rembrandt, right. and it's a painting called Carcass of an Ox, right, um, yeah. which is which is not going to appeal to many people, but that's what it was, and it was it's it's beautiful, it's magnificent, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's a very simple painting of of a carcass that's hung up in 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 um, in, in this kind of meat processing factory of the eighteen hundreds, and there's a wee figure that comes around the corner. He's his little eyes, and he's kind of just shrunk beside this this carcass that's mm-hmm. been um, butchered. And I, I got a lot from it. I only realised in retrospect. I got the butcher shop from there. I got Sonny from there. This character mm-hmm. and 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 this sense because because the painting is very much again about you have to ask the question who. 
eats the meat, who is the meat, who, where's, where's the value of everything in here? Um, and so it deals with class in a certain way um, that I thought was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny where you get this stuff. And I love that there's a cross-pollination between the arts that I would look at a painting. And mm-hmm. to me, I, I, I tr- it translates however my brain works mm-hmm. into something that is written. Or an artist reads a book and it becomes a painting, and there's yeah. that crossover that happens, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, but look, I knew the landscape. I left Dublin in the eighties. I knew Dublin well in the eighties in in terms of the landscape, uh, the economics of the place at the time, the mass exodus from the place, yeah. mm-hmm. um, particularly in the eighties. Whereas, um, and and there was a crossover between Britain and Ireland in that way. I think it was the minor strikes were happening and Thatcher, and it, it was a very particular time. Um, and and then there was for my own purposes, I try to avoid as much technology as I can when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. I don't like when people can easily pick up a phone or when they can text somebody. So mm-hmm. I wanted to precede that because mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. imagine mm-hmm. Sonny texting somebody. It no. wouldn't quite work. <laughs> so, so nothing ever demanded. No, he has to actually walk there <laughs> yeah. and knock on the door and mm-hmm. feel whatever mm-hmm. you feel or you yeah. have to send a note and it knock yeah. or maybe And you're with them, you know, whenever he's going and you know, you feel quite apprehensive well, absolutely, because he's he's it's, he's he's a right, you know, because he's a hyper vigilant lad, you know, we young man in in, in that he, he, not that he just sees everything, he seems to feel everything in mm-hmm. such a heightened degree, and he hates himself for mm-hmm. it. So you have this conflict at play yeah. all the time. He wants mm-hmm. to be more of a man, whatever that is. Well, I liked when he had the confrontation, I've got to say. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, the thing was, he's, he's actually built and from a place where he has that in him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, 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 I suppose in some ways... The, I suppose the, at the crux of the the story, it's it's Vera, and I don't want to give anything away, but Vera helps him become a man by mm-hmm. helping him take an action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when he takes an action, he frees her, mm-hmm. and also by taking that action, he mm-hmm. frees himself. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. even though we don't know what happens next for him. Mm-hmm. There's a kind of a, a sense, different. something's changed. Yeah, absolutely. The world is mm-hmm. different for him. The world's different for him, uh, I mean, and um, he's, he's, he's brave. He is brave, know? he's courageous, and, yeah. And, you know, she's, it was, just, it was lovely, you know, it was a great um, romance. It is, there is a romance, it is, it's a love story. Mm-hmm. It is a love story and it's, you know, you kind of, people can be a bit dismissive, I suppose, of just something as simple as that, but actually... Mm-hmm. You know, the other side of it. What, what else is there? Yeah, <laughs> know, yeah, know, that's right, Pat. No, I, um, I think it's, um, it's a bit, it's very intriguing. Yeah. Oh, so, thanks for saying. That. No, I appreciate no, I that. Absolutely loved it and enjoyed the event too. And you, um, you know, and that's right. And, and actually, David is. I, I did a reading. It, I write when 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 we met, mm-hmm. and it was with David Keane, who uh-huh. has just released his next novel, which looks uh-huh. terrific. I've actually, been, I'm delighted. I've been for promoting. Him. That oh, good. I'm glad. Hoping to yeah. go, go along. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I I got that. It's on on my broken Kindle. Actually. Yeah. Um, I started reading that because yeah. that's about young fellows in Ireland as well. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Different situation yeah. completely. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, he's a terrific writer. Mm-hmm. I, I'm delighted for him. Yeah. I like a lot of Irish writers. I love um, Barry McLafferty. Oh, I love his short stories. Yeah. 
those yeah. short stories are, yeah. are great. Have you seen him reading at all? I've I've made mm-hmm. an absolute point of seeing him. Any time he reads, I'll go he and see so him. Good. There's no one like him. And also, again, if you talk about that economy of language, there's nobody mm-hmm. does with so little, but he does. Mm-hmm. He he'll yeah, show you the world yeah. in a room. He's he's mm-hmm. extraordinary. He is extraordinary. And the the, the level of of compassion and humanity that he mm-hmm. squeezes into a book as small as Cal mm-hmm. you, you know you mm-hmm. could write 500 pages and you wouldn't get the same impact no, he's extraordinary no. he is, I think he's yeah. one of the finest writers yeah. alive today yeah. I, I don't know many people uh-huh. who could compete with him on the no, level he's at he's no, extraordinary no, no, I agree with you um, he's, I, I love to hear um, Bernard yeah. read yeah. that in the, the um, his the midst, what's it, midwinter break? Yeah, his latest, yeah, yeah, yeah. The latest one. That was a beautiful, yeah. um, you know, so simple story yeah. as well. Yeah. And I mean, you're so um, involved with yeah. those people, you know, Stella. Beautiful, and, yeah, uh, yeah, very moving. Yeah, yeah. Very, very no, moving. No, it's, it's, it's marvellous. Yeah. I think he's, he, um, it's probably a good example because I think Bernard does what you do. I think he well, reads every day. Well, that's a huge compliment and praise. A, I mean, no, but I think he settles himself to that um, writing yeah. every day. Oh, absolutely. And, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's no, what, It's I, a vocation. You I, can I see it when he that. speaks. I, I, yeah. I, I, I sort of, um, I mean, I don't think of myself at all, at all in any ways a writer. I, um, I went, I did the Emlet. Oh, good for you. Yeah, excellent. But I went because Jim kept saying to me, things were, um, our family mm-hmm. seemed to go from one crisis to another. And um, Jim, I was so caught up in something. Jim kept saying, you need to do something, you need to do something. Yeah, yeah. Do something, you know, for yourself. Absolutely. And then I happened to bump into John Ding, Ding Ball, who's a music journalist. Yeah. And I've known him for a long, long time. We used to both in the 80s write punk fanzines. Oh, brilliant, yeah. And um, I met John and he had just finished that mm-hmm. course. Yeah. And he was so enthusiastic. And I came home and I said to Jim, I think I might do this course. Good. And I had never written anything. Yeah, yeah. I had to send in my blog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's no creative to, yeah, writing. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But um, I wish, um, and I like writing, mm-hmm. but... Um, I would have to do what you're doing, set myself down every day and say you're going to be writing it. Yeah. So, some of my, my friends um, and some of the people involved in 10 Writers, they do that. Yeah. Like Pauline Lynch, yeah. and Pauline's a very good writer Absolutely, too. Absolutely, yeah, Pauline, Pauline does that. Yeah. And my um, friend Samina Chowdhury, Samina's just won the Next Chapter Award. Yeah. And she's yeah. very... Um, Focused on her, yeah, on yeah. her writing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. now it is. Yeah. It's, I think that's mm-hmm. the. But I think some people are meant to be writers, and that's that's that they're, they're they're driven naturally to, towards doing that. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> I think if you can avoid it too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's um, it's it it is a funny way to live, um, because you. you you're slightly always inside and outside the world at the same time, do you know, because you're and always, observing. I'm always observing. I suppose yeah. that's true. I think Jim does that as well with his um, music and yeah. photography. Because sometimes he'll write a song yeah. and I know exactly where it's come from, mm-hmm. you know. And he'll, I'll say, I know. But we're yeah. And he'll say, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, Because once we had a yeah. huge argument and then um, it used to be sort of in a punk sort of rock band and we had a huge argument once and he wrote this song called Razor Lips. Oh, nice. Lovely. <laughs> I thought, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. There we go. But um, no, the other um, writer that I love is not a, 
well-known writer. He's had a few things published. It's McNorton. Mick comes from Tipperary. You probably yeah. won't know him. I can, I can show you yeah. um, something um, with his, his work in it. But yeah. he, I went to creative writing classes at um, in the evening yeah. at Glasgow University and Mick was in my class. Yeah. And you would have a... Um, each week, somebody else's somebody's work would be critiqued. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I could not believe his writing. I mean, you would love it. Yeah, Because um, yeah. he writes about um, r- rural Ireland, yeah, and the characters yeah. and the yeah. animals, yeah. and it's so um, oh, it's so vivid yeah. and a lovely, lovely, lovely writer. Yeah. I think um, I think I mean I really I really mean this sincerely. The in Ireland. I know from um, even when the kids were all young and everything, mm. and there would be a lot of them because it's big families. But the praise, the praise wouldn't be for um, oh they're very clever at school yeah. or they're um, you know a great dancer or whatever. It would be the the great crack. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, the yeah, child, yeah, 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 yeah. From yeah. the child, yeah. from the child that had the wit and yeah, the, yeah, they were they yeah. were. Um, Singled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah as this right. is something you admire. Yeah, yeah. And I've never seen that anywhere else. It is interesting, you know. Isn't it? And yeah. I think um, that there is the talk about the gift of the gab and the mm. barley stone and all that. I think there's definitely something in it. Yeah, there is the language. I think what happens as well, you know, if you if you talk about Ireland historically, you know, English is our second language, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and being talked about that, Brendan Bean. Uh, and I'd have to paraphrase, but something to the effect that you know we were we were handed this language, and then our instinct was to make it our own. Mm-hmm. And the way we did that was to be able to. You, you almost does it does a level of uh, what was it sort of to move away from the authority of language, and so you sort of like it does a disregard almost, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. starts to bend, and mm-hmm. it becomes very mm-hmm. Irish, and it's fantastic, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love sitting on a train or a bus in, in Dublin and just listening to how people talk. Yeah. It's, it is exceptional. Yeah. I quite like doing that in Glasgow as well. Yeah, absolutely, Glasgow was, there's great banter <laughs> like, in Glasgow. The, like there's great banter, the, yeah. Um, I like all the Glasgow scenes, and I, I don't yeah. drive, I, um, so I'm in public yeah. transport yeah. a lot, and I always think that people, are really missing out if they don't use public I, transport. I agree with you. No. Yeah. I mean, I remember one day I was on the bus and this wee woman came on and she all pecking and panting. She just made it and she kind of looked up the bus and sighed and she said, "This is me since yesterday." Oh, <laughs> and I, I thought, I could, That's I could not yeah, stop yeah, laughing because yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought, you know, what, what does that there. even mean? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's but, no, it's quite. Um, no, I. I I, I think all the um, the richness of mm-hmm. the language and expression is um, is fantastic. But so, what what are you working on on now? I have a little studio that I go into every day, um, and I've been working for about two and a half years on a novel, which I'm actually just just about closing a first draft, and I'm hoping to have a first draft. I'm hoping um, by the end of this month. Um, and it is, um, you know, we're back in Dublin, not at a similar time. It's, it's a, for me at least, it's a lot more challenging because it, these are characters I had to really explore in a different way. But uh, 
I don't know. It's bizarre. I think really until a piece is finished, you almost have to come back from it a little bit to know what you're writing about. Sometimes the book tells you, you know, you think you're in control, but you're not really. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 uh, but um, I'm 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 I know something is working be, just because I I feel utterly engaged with the characters and you almost have to kind of fall in love a little bit do you know and and so I'm a bit I'm more than a bit smitten with these guys and I, I want them I'm, I, I get so upset when when it doesn't go their way and very often and most of the time it doesn't um so it's 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 been fun. A but of I, there yeah it, it is a bit yeah you sit over in this little room just kind of you know a couple of hours each day just kind of pulling your hair out but um I'm hoping I'm hoping to have a first draft and then I, I tend to overwrite and pull back so mm-hmm. Montpellier Parade for example was a much longer novel and 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 what I what I like to do then is pull it back there was a great quote I heard uh, James Joyce when he was finished writing uh, Dubliners he was oh, being interviewed about it magnificent yeah story yeah ever. absolutely I, stunning particularly in the the last part of the dead that final the dead, uh, paragraph is the, breathtaking the, the, the dead I, I can't tell you how, how often I've read that. Yeah, it's and magnificent. I loved, it. I loved um, Angelica Houston. In yes, that film. yes, it was that's very, right. Very she was well brilliant. Done. Yeah, and you Donald were, McCann, yeah. who played the uh, male protagonist, yeah, wonderful. Yeah, yeah. So, so, sorry, so what Joyce said it? when he was asked about it, um, he said that he wanted the language to be scrupulously honest, meaning that. There's no emotionality one way or another, that the language is, is scraped back to such a place that the reader has to meet it halfway and then the imagination takes over. And I thought that was a brilliant way, mm-hmm. like scrupulous mm-hmm. meanness. Um, and not that I have accomplished anything like that, but my idea was that how far back can you pull a story mm-hmm. that you don't leave it so raw that it just feels mm-hmm. like skeleton, mm-hmm. but that there's there's no fat on it no. that it's very clean no. and so mm-hmm. what starts to happen is as you f- go further into the story it starts to kind of take possession of you in a way that if something is very if something's overwritten I suppose um, it's harder to get to it uh, does that make sense? Uh, I, I, I can't bear if there's Everything's handed to you. Yeah, the yeah, that no you room, have to meet no it. Yeah, that's right. All, that's a very good know. point. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and and there's no. I mean, that's. I think that's why we read and why we what we experience while we read is different than any other art. Mm-hmm. Is because there's a, there's a very special place in between the the, the author and the, the reader. Is this sort of where they meet? Um, but they're both asked to do a certain amount of work mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and it's lovely it's, yeah, it really makes uh-huh. it special I think the um, Montpellier Parade would be a great film oh I hope so <laughs> yeah uh, has, has anyone they have yeah no we, 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 there's been a few chats there was a, there was a bunch of people who were very interested and uh, I, I, I won't get into too many details on it but um, there's a, a somebody I, I, I've known a number of years who I respect and just think is very brilliant who uh, who wanted to direct and, and make something so we're it's buzzing around the background there's a screenplay that I wrote and um, 
it's uh, it's it's kicking around out there in the world. Mm-hmm. So that fingers crossed, it would yeah. be wonderful. It definitely yeah. would lend itself. Yeah. I think it would. But it, it, the images are very important in the book, mm-hmm. and cinema's a you know. Yeah. Is and I think also the, the places. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's there's quite diversity of the, like their home, the the, the butcher. Correct. Shop, her, yeah. Her home. Yeah. That's the whole idea of her street. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. it, would, it would really you know, yeah. there's a lot of cinema. Well, there is because you, you also have this huge stretch when you if you go from Sonny's kitchen at home to Sonny in Vera's kitchen. I mean, mm-hmm. these are universes apart, and they're two miles down the road. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, 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 I think you're right. I'll have, be right. Have you been to Montpellier? In France, uh-huh. I, I haven't actually. But there's, <laughs> bizarrely enough, there is a street <laughs> in Dublin called Montpellier Parade, and that's where nice I pulled name. it from. It's a lovely name. Uh-huh. Um, and and really unexpected I, I for a Dublin. Really was a place in Dublin. It's a small little uh-huh. place overlooking uh-huh. the sea yeah, in yeah. South uh-huh. County Dublin, and it's beautiful actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, and it's spelled. Yeah. I think there's two P's in Montpellier in um, oh, in, yeah. the fr- in France and. Uh, but no, I've never been. I, I should uh, make him. Uh, there, there's two something. I don't know if it's two L's or two P's. Yeah, I'm maybe, sure. possibly. But, um, I know in because in, it's published in France, and actually, I, I think it did better in France than it did anywhere. But they couldn't publish it under that title, of course, right. because it would just confuse people. <laughs> yeah. So it's called Vera uh, oh, in see. France, oh, which goodness. is kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Is. No, I've, I've been to Montpellier, which is a, it's a lovely place. I'm sure. Because Jim um, played once in they have a big festival in Nantes. Okay. And he played there. Yeah. And that's quite near. Oh, right. So, so we went down. there one day. I think yeah. we went on the train or the bus or, yeah. or something. And um, it's very open. It's a huge massive square in it wow. really massive yeah. so you should go I'll now go and make it, make it, <laughs> you uh, could probably <laughs> if they had a book event there you could they would, they would, would invite think. you no bother yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be, be great but um, the other thing that um, I was fascinated about was you when you lived in, in New York and I think you were acting and running nightclubs and yeah different, different world I, I, I moved to New York when I was 16 um, and uh that was in 88. Did you go to somebody? Not really, no. I kind of went to nobody. My <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it was a courageous thing to do in some ways, but in other ways it was, uh, it's kind of what you can only get away with at 16, I suppose. I couldn't do it now. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I went, and it was, it was a great time to go because I, I, I by accident, ended up in um, the Lower East Side in the East Village. Mm-hmm. And it was a neighbourhood at that time, very different now, it's very posh, but at that time it was really a, a, a universe unto itself. And it was sort of all the misfits from Europe and the rest of America all ended up there. And so there was this huge vibrancy there and filmmakers and musicians and artists. And and it was ex- it was great for me because I'd never experienced anything like that before. Like everyone, everyone's conversation would end with, well, what are you reading? And you better have something to reply because if you don't, they're like, well, what use are you? And they were gone. Do you know? So the, 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 the onus of what was important kind of shifted for me there. But also it had this edge to it. You know, it was dangerous. People, I saw a lot of people get shot. I saw people get oh stabbed, God. drug dealers, um, 
But then there was another side of it, you know, you'd go into, like, I had a club in, on St. Mark's Place, and uh, when I say club, that's been, uh, saying like, there was a small room, that wonderful music happened. But afterwards, you'd lock up and you'd go across the street because you'd be wired after work, and so you'd go and have your breakfast at five in the morning, uh, having finished work, and there'd be a gr- group of us. But, like, we'd sit at a booth, and in the next booth, there was, like, eight, you know, six foot four... Uh, African-American drag queens who have just come from a club yeah. cabaret over in the West mm-hmm. Village mm-hmm. and then beyond that there'll be some gangsters sitting there and then there'll be these uh, Latino uh, call boys mm-hmm. from over the other side and each and it was extraordinary mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To, you know and everyone was just there five o'clock in the morning having their breakfast mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't exist now that, that's gone mm-hmm. but it was an incredible thing to witness because you go God the world is a thousand different things absolutely you know yeah. and it was it was great it was great mm-hmm. I love that mm-hmm. and what did you work out when you went there first job I had was a bicycle messenger right. which was treacherous as that and also it was it was, it was useless I didn't know my way around but it was, it was the best way to <laughs> figure out a city yeah. or your star because it was commissioned so you, and I, I mean if I made $70 a week I was I was on a win but also it was a time when you could live in New York for, I mean, it I wasn't think, like it is no, now. I think our rent was. This, I, I can give you an example of inflation. Our rent at that time was two hundred and fifty dollars, which we still couldn't come up with. Mm-hmm. The same apartment now probably rents for about f- just under five thousand. So I that's. I'm not that you, old. You've got to be pretty rich to live in New York, New York these London. Days. You know, uh-huh, I mean, yeah. the, I, I'm terrible uh-huh. for right to Glasgow. The great secret of Glasgow is going to get out that you can still yeah, live well, here. You can still have a lifestyle. Yeah, I, I know. There's not many I places know. like it. I know. Yeah. Last time we were in London, um, Jim was playing at Blackheath. He was supposed to um, um, Benny Gallagher oh, wow. and Blackheath. I don't know. We spent hours looking in the state agent shops mm. and, and flabbergasted. Yeah, and yeah. think, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because yeah. the, the 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 price of property. Yeah. Um, well, the difficulty you have there, New York's a great example of that, where it starts to become very sterile if you have a singular voice. So, for example, right now in New York, you have two parts kind of vying for the major attention in New York. You've NYU, which is a very expensive college. Mm-hmm. And you have Wall Street, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. amount of wages and mm-hmm. bonuses going out to those guys. So they can kind of afford anything. And that's fine. But there used to be an arrangement that downtown was for the artists. Mm-hmm. And those guys didn't come down, in part because it was too dangerous. Mm-hmm. And now that's changed. And the whole thing has been under the kind of the, the banner of this great gentrification. Um, what's happened is that the artists are gone. And so New York feels very mm-hmm. flat. If you imagine that... For people who, if they have to be up at six and seven in the morning, mm-hmm. they're not staying out at night. They're not having their mm-hmm. their breakfast at five in the morning the way we were. People still stay like um, in Brooklyn. Brooklyn's in gotten part. more popular, um, but that's the same. No, what about in terms people of price. that are working in shops and things like that? Well, I don't know where are these they, people live. That's what I was wondering. Because I don't know how far out you. I mean, it, it gets pushed. The envelope gets pushed all the time. But the last time I was there, I mean, I. I I came across people who were commuting out as far as JFK back and forth every day. So if they're making $400 a week, let's say, mm-hmm. whatever it comes out of their salary for that, the limitation of where they can live is very, very, you know, mm-hmm. pronounced. Yeah. You know, so they're certainly not yeah. saying the city, they're not staying in Brooklyn. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Queens is I've, the I've same. Never, so. I've never, I've never been, I've yeah. been to New York, but I've never been to Brooklyn. The last time Jim and I went, he had a few gigs there yeah. and some gigs in Canada. 
And um, we got we went um, Airbnb. Yeah. And we got a place in Greenwich Village. Fantastic. On yeah. Street. Lovely Perry Street. So great. so we were. It was very exciting yeah. for us. Yeah. And great um, history down there, particularly yeah, for a musician. Uh-huh. Well, we just loved it and yeah. wandering about, and they had a gig at the Bitter End. Perfect. And Perfect. Um, different. We, we, it was it was great. Yeah. But um, I have I have a friend there. Um, when my sister went to Canada, she went as a nanny to yeah. to um, to Chris, and Chris now lives in New York. And when we went to visit Chris, they were up her looking over to Queens Queensborough Bridge, yeah. looking over the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And when we went there, and we went up to see it, it was all marble yeah. and um, two doormen with oh, the sure. uniforms yeah, yeah, yeah. on, and they took us up. Yeah. And they left. I mean, yeah. it was like I mean. Um, I know it was another world for yeah. Sunny, but that was like another world for us. Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah, to sure. To go there, it yeah. was so, and um, it, it, it was just the the luxury of it. It's phenomenal. It was, it was yeah. very, yeah, um, it's vast. So that was, that was a contrast to Greenwich Village. The but downtown, I but, but yeah. I can't imagine what it must have been like before. I mean, that would, it would have been much, much more extreme. The extremes, would be, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. But I, I mean, uh, New York is a very exciting place. It is, it it's, is, it's, yeah. It's very, yeah. very exciting. Yeah. So, what you did other exciting things there? I did. I worked career. as an actor. Worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, I mean, I was very lucky. It kind of it was something I fell into. I never quite felt at felt at home in it. But uh, I, it was at a time when there was a whole resurgence of independent filmmaking because the technology changed. So you didn't have to be a star, let's say, to be in a film. So I was very lucky I got to work with, you know, Sam Shepard and Ethan Hawke and Bill Murray and people like that. And it was really great um, because there was a there was kind of a level playing field. And then, of course, um, more later on in that same scene, independence started making money and once mm-hmm. the, the the commerce the thing changed it meant that um well how can we make more money do mm-hmm. you know and, and so mm-hmm. the, it changed mm-hmm. a bit but i think there's another move uh, uh, towards cinema um that's that's kind of interesting that's going on right now um so i did that i a music clubs and i you know and i loved it i had a great time there but it was interesting i'm in glasgow now uh, just four years I'm amazed. I mean, I was in New York for 25, six years. It's a long time. It is a long time. Um, and I've thought about it a handful of times since I've been in Glasgow. It's just when you're ready to go. And so what brought you to Glasgow? My uh, family, uh, my, my wife's from Glasgow. And, uh, and did you meet her in New York? No, I met her in Sligo. Oh, good to County sake. Sligo. <laughs> um, of all places, the birth thing. Um, but uh, our daughter was getting to an age where you make a decision. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think coming back here, she wanted to be closer to her grandparents and stuff like I that. I think so that's it's really nice. nice. Yeah, I, I always think that's important. Yeah, yeah, um, it's been great. It's we haven't looked back. It's been it's been really wonderful. I'm just thinking about it because it's great. Okay, no, <laughs> well, you know, it's great that you've come. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Of, and do you know this bizarre thought came into my head when I thought, um, well, I should ask to meet Karen. And then I thought, oh my god. Maybe he's in Dublin now. Oh, yeah, no, still here, still in Glasgow and, and happy in to the be West here. End. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm a big fan. 
yeah so, it's been brilliant well the other thing I was it just came into my head there see when you were working as an actor did you have to put different accents on I did yeah mm-hmm. because otherwise you end up uh, playing priests uh, or barmen um, <laughs> did you have training I did no I did I, did. I trained yeah. and uh, I, 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 I've, I've done films in New Orleans as a local fireman and, and stuff like that so I no I, I could I was never I, again I I never quite felt at home as an actor. It, I think the problem was I have the brain of a writer. So what happens is I, I tend to always be behind the people you're working with. So you're just a fragment off because for me, in order to understand something, I have to kind of digest it in a certain way. So my, my impulse as an actor always felt too slow. Whereas when you, when you and it's, it's very interesting when you do a scene with someone who is really gifted um, you can just see there's no there's no point between their thought and any kind of hesitation. Whereas I always felt I I was all hesitation because writing's all about hesitating. Yeah. But it's, maybe you would be good at directing. Who knows? <laughs> anyway, that that is so fascinating uh, listening to you, Carol. And you know, I'm sure your next book will be. Equally brilliant. Well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Too. Thank you very right. much. And thanks for coming. Thanks, over. thanks for asking me over. It's great. Right. Thanks, Carol. Thanks, Pat. I wish I had a brain, or the brain of a writer, just like Carol. That was fascinating stuff. Okay, I'll catch you the next time. Bye for now.